I wanted to break away from the podcast for just a minute to thank the sponsor of this episode. Now, if you've ever wanted to start a podcast, or if you've already started one but find it hard to do, why don't you try Anchor.fm? That's what I'm using for this podcast. Anchor.fm is the easiest, most flexible way to publish a podcast on the market. You can record, edit, add music, or anything else directly from your phone. That's what I'm doing for this ad. I'm recording it from my phone. You can record it from a tablet or your desktop. Best of all, it's free. Totally free. So, if you ever wanted to start a podcast and all the distributions handled by Anchor, everything's handled by Anchor, just try anchor.fm and you'll become a raving fan like I am. And I want to thank them for sponsoring this episode. Now, back into the episode. Welcome to the Discover You Podcast with your host, James Hooper, spiritual and personal discovery author, speaker, teacher, and coach. James helps you find who you were created to be and guides you to the most fulfilling life you can experience. On this podcast, we'll guide you through discovering what energizes and motivates you, why you think the way you think, act the way you act, and react the way you react. We'll learn together how to grow through spiritual truths to become the best version of yourself possible. If you haven't yet, please subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Also, you can go to your favorite podcast platform and leave a review and rating. This will help others find us so they can begin their own growth journey. Welcome to episode 12 of the Discover You podcast. I'm so glad you guys have joined me this week. And we're going to begin a new sermon. Uh, it's just one part this one on this one. And I talked about um, how we've unwittingly or unknowingly come to the understanding that God doesn't love us. Now, it may be subliminal. It may not be conscious that we think God doesn't love us. But because of different circumstances, different things that happened in our life, unanswered prayers, loved ones dying, whatever, there have been this false uh, reality that God really doesn't love us. Uh, we're just kind of serving him out of obligation. But the enemy has lied to us, telling us that God doesn't love us. You know, he lied to Eve, trying to get Eve to believe that God didn't have their best in mind, that he was lying to them when he said that you'll die if you partake of the fruit. So we we just, some reason, through different occurrences, come to understand, well, on this night, and again, this is from that same revival in May of 2018 in Austin, Texas, I had an assignment, I felt like, from God to really show from the Scripture and show practically that God does love us and to prove His love. See, when we understand His love, when we do come to the understanding that God does love us, then we can actually take that love and we can show it to others. See, our assignment on this earth, our job on this earth, is to spread the love of God to everyone that comes in contact with us. That's what our assignment is. And so if the enemy can get us to believing, whether it's consciously or, or not, that God doesn't love us, then we will no longer share that love. But when we share the love of God, then we will be compassionate, we will be empathetic, 
We will love people no matter what their circumstances, no matter what their situations, no matter what their sin, no matter what their lifestyle. We will love them because our job is to just love people. The Holy Spirit's job is to draw them to Jesus. Our job is not to convict them of sin, because when we try to do that, it comes across as condemnation, and there's no hope and no reconciliation. But when the Holy Spirit does it, through us loving people, just loving them, showing the love of God to people, then the Holy Spirit can speak to their heart, can draw them to God, can speak to them, because they're, they're experiencing the love of God through you. You are the only Bible some people ever read. You are Jesus with flesh on. You are God here on the earth. They will never experience God unless they experience God through you. So I'm going to stop before I start preaching the whole thing over again. And I hope this is something I know. I don't hope. I know this is something that's really going to encourage you, but it's also going to give you hope. I just believe that the church, uh, Big C Church, has been it's been the hope just sucked right out of it. And with with the situation in the world, with things happening, with chaos all around us, with with people that are bitter and and angry and lashing out, that we've lost the hope. But if we have the love of God, we've established that God loves us, and we do that, we have that in our heart, then we can actually be the ones to spread the love of God and bring hope to a dying world. Okay, so uh, listen to this week's podcast, this sermon, and I believe it's going to help you. I'm going to read a psalm, and if you read the psalms, there are different, several different authors. It's not all David. David didn't write all of the psalm. But uh, Asaph wrote several of the psalms. And Asaph was one of the uh, Levites because when David brought the Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem, he appointed Levites, he appointed priests to worship 24 hours a day. Around the clock there was worship and he appointed priests to worship God 24 hours a day. And Asaph was one of these priests and Asaph and David were skilled singers and poets. Asaph was also a prophet. But it, we're looking here in Psalm chapter 77. Psalm 77. And you guys are going to be able to relate to Asaph. Psalm 77, starting with verse 8. I'm going to read a lot of scripture. You may get your quota for the week tonight. Psalm 77, verses 8 through 20. Asaph says, Is his unfailing love gone forever? Have his promises permanently failed? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has anybody ever been there? Mm -hmm. Okay, you're not going to admit it, but I will. <laughs> I'm going to be real with you. Has he slammed the door on his compassion? And I said, this is my fate. The Most High has turned his hand against me. But then I recall all you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. Oh God, your ways are holy. Is there any God as mighty as you? 
You are the God of great wonders. You demonstrate your awesome power among the nations. By your strong arm, you redeem your people. The descendants of Jacob and Joseph, when the Red Sea saw you, O God, its waters looked and trembled. The sea quaked to its very depths. The clouds poured down rain. The thunder rumbled in the sky. Your arrows of lightning flashed. Your thunder roared from the whirlwind. The lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your road led through the sea. Your pathway through the mighty waters. A pathway no one knew was there. You led your people along that road like a flock of sheep with Moses and Aaron as their shepherd. Asaph starts off saying, God, have you forgot about me? God, is your compassion gone now? Have you shut the door on your compassion? Have you turned your back on me? God, where are you? I'm going to be the one to admit I've said that. God, am I here alone? Am I by myself now? Did you leave me alone? The problem is, is when God stays silent, that means he's working in the background on your behalf. Because see, in Romans chapter 8, it says that God works all things together for the good to them that love the Lord and are the called according to His purposes. He works all things together for the good. He did not say, God, that all things are good. He said He works all things together for the good of them that love the Lord and are the called according to His purpose. And last night we established that we are His call. If we not, we established we are the call. Yes. Don't make me do it again. Make you look at each other and say, you're called. Amen. Amen. We are called. That's right. So when we see God is silent, when we hear, when we don't hear God, when we're in those moments where it seems like we're walking alone, it's those times that God is orchestrating things on our behalf. Then I remember Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. It says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. See, you may think God has let you down before. You may think God has, has abandoned you at times. You may felt have felt all alone. You may not understand him as a father. Some of you may not have had a great experience with an earthly father. I was blessed to have an awesome experience. He not only is my biological father, but he was my spiritual father. He, he showed me how to be a priest and a man of God. and showed me and he taught me. And I miss him greatly. But there are those among us that did not have that experience. And so they cannot relate to God as a good father. Amen. But even with the experience that I had with my father, I still sometimes have problems trusting God because I don't see things happening the way I want to see them happen. The way I think they ought to happen. The way I think he needs to do things. When he needs to show up, I think he needs to show up at a certain time and he doesn't show up. See y'all, I've gotten past being religious and trying to put on airs and let people think, oh, everything's all good, everything's great, because sometimes things just aren't good. Amen. Amen. 
But what God brought me here tonight, and this may not be one of those shout them down kind of sermons, but it's something God says, I want to send you there and I want to establish something in their hearts. I want to establish that I love them. Amen. He's trying to show us through his word and through what he's done for us that he loves us. Yes. That he is a kind and loving and compassionate father. That his mercies are new every morning. Every morning there are new mercies. I know because I exhaust those mercies from the day before. So he's got to make new ones because I exhaust them from the day before. I mean, I can just see my daddy sometimes saying, boy. And that frustrated look on him, you just, you're testing my last nerve is what you're doing. God is compassionate. God is kind. God is gracious. Yes. God is just. Yes. God is righteous. But God, God has this, this problem. He thinks he's in charge. And my dad said, when you learn to agree with God that he is God and I am not, that's when things are going to get good for you. Yeah. Because I've tried to control things my whole life. I've tried to control things. I was 23 years old when we got married and I was not filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, before we got married. But I had a, a fiance that I did not know had been praying to God. said, God, I want him filled with the Holy Ghost before we get married. <laughs> and see, my issue was, is I'd seen the abuses. I'd seen people that you could go to church and you knew sister so-and-so about the third bar of the first song was going to get up and start running. <laughs> now, I'm not against running, but when you know it's going to happen every service, then something's being concocted, something's being made up. I've seen abuses. I've seen... I've seen people shout down the preacher when he was preaching something that was convicting and they gave him a message in tongues and it was no more the Spirit of God than a man in the moon. And I saw that and I said, I'm not going to be that way. I'm not going to lose control of myself. So at 23 years old, born and raised in Pentecost, I was not filled with the Holy Spirit because I'm going to be in control of myself. All right. It's hard to believe somebody gets up here and rants and raves. Amen. <laughs> But see, God knew who I was. He knew how to meet me. One Sunday morning, we were in church together in Denton, Texas. And we were, they were having an altar call, and I was sitting on the front pew, about the center section, right on the front pew, and Sharon was on one side of me. And one of the most beautiful old saints that was ever in the church, Sister Danella, was sitting next to me, and she leaned over to me, and she said, You know, the Holy Spirit loves you and begin to explain to me that the Holy Spirit would not make me do things I don't want to do. He would not. And I had never even talked to her. I don't know if Sharon talked to her or told her, but by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, she began to minister to me. And all of a sudden I began to just allow him to have access to my spirit and to my tongue. And I just began in a very quiet way, just begin to speak and the Holy Spirit just began to speaking tongues and he filled me with the Holy Spirit in just such a beautiful you know I grew up in church when people got filled with the Spirit people just went berserk but when I got the Holy Spirit he he met me where I was yes, yes. yes, he, did. yes yeah. he did he met me where I was so 
This is the confessions of a control freak right here telling you God will meet you where you are. And he has not abandoned you. He has not left you alone. There have been things that have happened in your life that you felt like God should have intervened. Yes. So many people say, well, if it's a, what kind of a God that lets all this bad stuff happen on the earth? He should do something about it. Well, he did. He created us. Yes. He created us. We are to do something about it. It's it, and also in the book of Romans chapter eight. Also, that says that the earth groans as in birth pains, travailing. It groans. That's the earth has been placed under subjection to sin that it was never designed to carry the weight of sin, and it's waiting for the manifestations of the sons and daughters of God. Yes. Yes. The earth is groaning. Yes. That's why things get worse because it's waiting for the sons of God to be manifested, to be able to stand up and say that God has arrived and He is here and to begin to share the love of God. And this is not what we have to do. We do not have to go around and tell people how bad they are. That's not what God's all about. I don't know if you've read the Bible and saw what Jesus did, but people that were sinners, He had compassion on them. Oh, yes. Oh, but religious folk, they they got under his skin. <laughs> he said, had some guys come to him and said, said, listen, your 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 people, your guys, your disciples don't fast, but John's disciples fast. And he said, listen, you tied everything you got. You tied your mint, you tied your cumin, you tied all this other stuff. He said, but then you treat your parents like a dog. He said, you wash the outside of the cup and the inside is dirty. You're like a, a whitewashed tomb full of dead men's bones. I mean, he laid it on them. He said, you ought to know better. You lay burdens on people that they can't carry. But then the woman that was caught in the very act of adultery, he said, daughter, where are your accusers? And she looked up and said, well, I don't see anybody. He says, I don't accuse you either. I don't condemn you either. But go and sin no more. He didn't say, oh, you did okay. You're okay. But he said, go. I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more. See, the earth needs to, the people of the earth, the people that are out there serving the devil, we complain because they're they're being evil. They're doing their job. (laughs) We try to, and I, I told Sharon this, I said, talk about legislating morality i said legislating morality is the worst form of evangelism we try to impose our convictions on people that don't even know our god and they're getting to know him because we are spewing hate and anger to them and god says i am a god of compassion i'm a god of love i'm a god of grace i'm a god of mercy i'm just i'm righteous i'm holy but i'm also full of love and grace and mercy oh yes So God wants us to know his love because once we know his love, then we can go and share his love with those that are around about us. I contend that we can win this world that those because the scripture tells us that there's going to be an outpouring. Mm -hmm. The scripture tells us there's going to be in the last days. Uh There'll be an outpouring. But it's not going to be like we think. I am. And, you know, I'm going to step on toes, and I may not ever come back and get invited back, but I'm just doing what I'm called to do. I, again, I am so grateful for my Pentecostal heritage. 
I was, I mean, I was born and three days, not two days, three days later, I was laying on a pew in a Pentecostal church. Amen. I mean, I, I've been in the, yeah. I've been in it a long time. I, I just turned 55 years old and I've been in it for 55 years. Oh. That's not as old as some of y'all, long as some of y'all, but it's a long time. That's right. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I am them. So when I talk about them, I am them. Oh, amen. Jesus help me. Yes, yes, Lord. We long for the days of old. They were glorious days. I remember laying under a pew with high heel shoes going like sewing needles around me. Bobby pins flying everywhere. Some of y'all don't know what bobby pins are, but I mean bobby pins flying everywhere, snot and spitting, altars filled with snot and spit and tears and people repenting and giving heart and lives to the Lord. That was an awesome time. It was such an awesome time, an awesome move of God. But God says, I told you last night, God, he says, I am ever growing. He doesn't change. I did not say God changes. I said, but he grows. He goes with what the culture needs. God will adapt what needs to be said the way he adapted to me. If he tried to fill me with the Holy Spirit the way he did other people, I would still not have the Holy Spirit today. But he met me where I am. He is not afraid. He was not afraid to condescend to our level so that we could be saved. He became creation for Pete's sake. So he's willing to meet each one of us where we are. He is here to meet this culture the way it is. And this culture only knows hate right now. This culture only knows how to spew against each other. But God has a remnant of people that he wants to go out and he wants them to show his love to the nation. And express his love and his mercy and his grace. And not get up in people's face and say, "You're, you're a sinner, you're going to hell, you're living your life wrong. They know it. When you get around them, the conviction of the Holy Spirit just oozes on them. That's why they don't even want to be around you. You don't have to say nothing. My dad and I started a church up in the Dallas area in 2001. We had this couple going to our church, and they were a biker couple. And he was a, a slender guy, and he put on his leather vest with his patches and stuff, and he would... He would take up that offering. He would just beam because he got to take up the offering because we trusted him to take up the offering. And we had him doing that. And his wife, we had her involved. She would help with all the things that were going on in the church. And so they were coming to church for about six months. And one day they came up to my dad and they said, Pastor Butch, that's my dad's nickname, Butch. says, Pastor Butch, we need to make things right. And he says, well, what do you mean? So, well, we're not married. Well, they had an 18-year-old kid and a 16-year-old kid. They've been together a long time. We're not married. We need to make things right. Nobody had told them that they were living in sin. Nobody told them what they were doing was wrong. Nobody told them, but because we loved on them, because they were around us, we accepted them. We never told them that they were right. We never said what you're doing is right, but we just loved them. Shoot, we didn't even know that they were just living together. We thought they were married. But the Holy Spirit can do His job so well when we are expressing the love of God to people and He can convict with people will accept it Amen. when it's brought through, uh, through love. Yes. And so on my 50th birthday, we were supposed to have a party at the church, my 50th birthday, we moved my party off to the community center and we had their, their wedding 
and we had our very first biker wedding at our church. Had about 30 Harleys parked outside. And so they they opened the back doors for her to march down and she's in this white suit and everybody's cat calling and hollering and ooh, you know, baby, ooh, you know, hollering and stuff like that. And dad's just grinning. Gets up there and dad performs a ceremony and you know, most people that go to weddings, they know when the bride and groom I present to you, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, and then the recessional goes on and they go down. Most people know you just stay in your chairs till the preacher gives you instructions. Oh, no. Because they start down the aisle and they start chasing them out. Dad's standing there going, I guess we're done. But see, we loved them. We loved on them. But God told my daddy, he said, listen, all your responsibility is is to love them and let me do my work. The Holy Spirit can do His work so so much better than we can. Yes, so tonight, I believe God has sent me here for us to understand that God, because if we don't understand God loves us, if we don't know in our heart, like I was talking about last night, that God loves us, then we cannot share that love. David said in Psalm chapter 86, verse 15, But you, O Lord, are a God of compassion and mercy, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. Micah, this is, I've never preached out of Micah. I've never said, but this one is, Where is another God like you Amen. who pardons the guilt of the remnant? You delight in showing unfailing love. You delight in showing unfailing love. Once again, you will have compassion on us. You will trample our sins under your feet and throw them into the depths of the ocean. God is a God of love. And he loves you. And he sent me here tonight to tell you that he wants to demonstrate that love. Now see, I've never done this before. I've given, as we saw last night, I gave a word of knowledge last night. And those of you that I, I trust, that many of you understand what that is. But God told me to come tonight, and for those that have gotten to a place where you're not sure God loves you, you're not sure about that. He said that you are to, if, if you can, if you will... Bring yourself to, to come forward and let me speak a word over you. See, I've never called for people to say, you want a word. I've always just called people out as God highlighted them. But God says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to call those that are experiencing what we're talking about. But tonight, I want to do that. I want to take some time and I want to invite you. If that is you tonight or you just want, to, want it to be reinforced in your life, Thank you for listening to the Discover You podcast with your host, James Hooper. This podcast exists to help you grow both spiritually and personally. If you enjoyed it and think others could benefit from the content provided, please go to your favorite podcast platform and leave a review and rating. This will help others find us more easily. Also, if you haven't already, subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thank you for joining us for the Discover You podcast.